Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, looking at the gospel reading today for the text, please be seated. Musicians are an interesting bunch. No, I'm not talking about our minister of music candidate in particular, so relax, Jonathan. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about musicians in general. They're, they're interesting. They, certainly musicians have some sort of talent, but oftentimes it's the musician that appreciates their talent the most. <laughs> that is to say, musicians have egos. I once asked a music major at UT, do musicians have egos? And they said, oh yes, just spend about five seconds at the UT School of Music and you'll see that. <laughs> musicians often think highly of themselves, they're very self-conscious, they're very self-interested, self-focused, they enjoy hearing themselves perform music, they kind of a concern for themselves and their talent. And musicians will even joke about this. And there's jokes like this. How does a lead singer change a light bulb? Well, they just hold it in place and the world will revolve around them. <laughs> is a violin, uh, is, is, a, is a, let me get this right, is a violin smaller than a viola? No, it's not. It just looks that way because violin players' heads are bigger. <laughs> and how many trumpet players does it take to change a light bulb? Well, just one, but there'll be 15 other of them standing around saying how they would have done it better. Musicians have egos. And I think one of the best places to see this on display is at a band or orchestra concert before the concert begins, okay? Audience is coming in and they're sitting there and the musicians kind of slowly trickle onto the stage and they uh, usually don't, they don't talk to anybody else. They just take their seat and, and sit there and they, they know people are watching them. So everything they do, they're, they're trying to look cool, okay? I know because I've done this, all right? They, they sit there and they check out their instrument and they adjust their music on their stand and they, and they look around to check out who's checking them out. Um, and then they'll start to warm up. But when they do, they only play music that they know really well. And they play it loud and others to hear. And if they make a mistake while they're playing that, they'll, they'll look at their instrument and kind of make some adjustments like it was the instrument's fault, you know. It's pathetic. <laughs> and soon the stage is full of musicians trying to be cool and look impressive. <laughs> Something like a collective group of egos. But then it happens. The conductor comes out. The conductor walks onto the stage and gets on the podium and it gets quiet and everybody is focused on the conductor. The conductor then raises their arms and, the, and, and starts to begin to lead the musicians in playing together. At that point, 
It's no longer a collection of, a, a collective group of egos. They're all together. They're one. And they're making beautiful, harmonious music together. The conductor has stepped in, taken away the selfish oneness of the egos and giving them a new oneness of playing together. In fact, the word symphony comes from a Greek word that means harmonious, or even more literally, to sound together. Behind the word is the meaning of agreeing, of agreeing with, with those that you're with. And when, we, when musicians are led by the conductor, they agree to sound together. All concern for self disappears, and they're in harmony. In fact, this word for symphony is also the word that we, that we, we get the, it's the Greek word we get the word synod for, from. I'll just let you deal with that one on your own. <laughs> the synod doesn't always agree with each other, does it? Anyway. Now, there's a lot of talk in the world sometimes among Christians that we need unity in Christianity. There's too many denominations. There's too much disagreeing about uh, practices and doctrines and that we should all strive to be one. And the verses that we just heard in the gospel reading today are often cited as that, those verses that say we're supposed to be one. Jesus wants us to be one. Now, John 17, the, the, the whole chapter um, is, is, is a prayer. It's called the High Priestly Prayer, where on the, on the, on the night of, of the Lord's Supper, just after the Lord's Supper with his disciples, Jesus then prays for them. And he's praying for them, but not just them. Maybe you caught that in, in, the, in the reading. Jesus prayed, I'm praying also for those who will believe in me through their word, through the teaching and message of the apostles. Others were going to come to believe in Jesus, and he was praying for them. He's talking about us, really, and others who, who would believe in Jesus through that same message. So, so does Jesus mean that Christians should drop all of their differences and become completely one in all that they do? I don't think so. But he's praying about a oneness for his disciples that, that I think is a little bit bigger than that, actually. But first of all, Christians and, and all of humanity, we're already one. We already have a oneness together. And Jesus is very concerned about that. And, and, and to see this, we need to think back to the musicians, okay, that I was talking about. Because we're all a lot like them. We too can think highly of ourselves and be self-conscious, self-promoting, self-interested, we like hearing ourselves, we have a concern and appreciation for our own talent, we too have egos. We like to admire ourselves, 
Basically, we're all selfish. We all think that our way of changing light bulbs is the best. More compactly, this is to say that we're all sinful. We're one in sin. We sound together in sin. Our whole world, all of us, it's like a collective group of egos on a stage. But it happened. The conductor came. The conductor walked onto the stage, and at a point in history, everybody was focused on him when he got onto the podium of the cross and raised his arms and spread them out and was crucified on it and died there. And through this, the conductor leads his people and makes them one in the forgiveness of their sins. Of course, I'm talking about Jesus as our conductor. And he leads us into that forgiveness of sins, taking the oneness of our sin that we all have together and giving us a oneness of salvation. We're, we're no longer a collective group of egos. We're together and one in Christ, sounding together, making harmonious music in His grace. With Jesus as our conductor, He takes away the oneness of sin and gives us a oneness of forgiveness to those who believe in Him. In the prayer, Jesus talks about His oneness with the Father and that oneness being then with us. That close, that intimate, that fulfilling kind of oneness. That's the oneness that Jesus wants for us, not just denominations dropping their names or dropping their doctrines or anything like that. We're, 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 we're always going to have some sort of differences in Christianity with different groups. This, this could be um, physically in, 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 in locations or in cultures or, or, or any of those. We're, we're always going to have some sort of differences in that. But our oneness is always in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 says, There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ. That's truly what makes us one. Not particularly the, the, some doctrines that we have or some traditions that we have or something about our culture that we have in Christianity, but the oneness of faith in Christ. And we experience that oneness here at St. Paul every time we gather for worship. We, we experience it several times, actually, in worship that literally we sound together several times. In confession, we sound together the oneness of our sin, confessing that together and receiving the oneness 
of Christ's forgiveness, then we share that oneness. We, we move about shaking hands and sharing the peace of the Lord, that oneness that we share together, physically bringing it together in a handshake. And we enjoy that oneness in the creeds when we confess them. We're confessing the, the, the same message of Jesus that was confessed by the apostles. That same message, message from 2,000 years ago, we still confess that today, that oneness together that we're saying all, to, all together, we believe in this. And we sound together that confession of this is what makes us one. That same message that Jesus passed to his apostles and they've passed on to the entire world. And we enjoy that oneness in Holy Communion. When we come together here to eat and drink, we, we sound together as we agree on what's going on up here, but also in eating and drinking in the oneness of Christ's forgiveness of our sins. And we have the privilege of passing on that oneness to others. I mean, why does Jesus want us to be one? He prays for us to be one for our benefit, yeah, so that we can enjoy that oneness and sounding together and agreeing and making harmonious music in our Christian life together, but also for those who aren't yet part of that oneness. Jesus wants us to be one for those who don't yet believe in him. That's very much what he said in the prayer. He prayed, Father, may they also be in us so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them. Jesus wants us to be one so so that the world will know about him. So that we're one in that same message that Jesus that Jesus died and rose again for them. We're we're to be one for those that don't yet believe in Jesus, who don't know the conductor, whose lives are maybe out of control and their egos have taken over and they're only concerned about themselves and selfishness and maybe they really want to change. They want something else. They're looking for more in their life and We have that for them. We can proclaim that oneness in Christ to forgive them and make them part of the oneness too. So Jesus, our conductor, if you will, (laughs) he stands on the podium of the cross and brings us together in his death and resurrection It's not oneness that comes from our talent or our egos, but oneness in His salvation for us. May we always enjoy oneness under that same conductor. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.